0: Good to see a few extra faces and some new faces and some familiar faces today on a long weekend. So well done for you to be here. All the others, we're not going to pray for them. They're all having a nice little holiday somewhere. No, it's all good. It's all good. You doing good? Okay. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the next few moments together. Even just as we're singing that you are the way maker, the miracle worker. We pray, Lord, in this next moment or two, Lord, for us, but for you, it's eternity. Uh, There's no time in your presence. And so, Father, we ask that you would help us in our time in this moment, engage with you, see you, to know you, to encounter you. Lord, you know, all our hearts and everything that goes on in the week, day to day, week to week, the thing is our hearts long for you. You made us for you. We are for you. Not for ourselves, but for you. So help us today, Lord, just to be uh, again familiar with this, this victory and this truth that you have provided for us in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Well, we're going to continue looking at this message on I believe in miracles. I hope you do. I don't know what you believe at the end of the day, but I'm hoping that you will believe in miracles or at least reassess what you believe and to determine what you believe is not based on on what has or hasn't occurred, but you would go back to the scripture and you would seek Jesus and you would ask God for a fresh download a fresh sense of his uh, awareness and presence in your situation, and I pray for those who are watching online and those in the lounge. Welcome, and uh, I pray that you would better just uh, resonate this spirit, in, this message in your spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Well, we're not going to go over too much. Uh, I just want to again layer it for you. So, I pray a, a little bit of teaching this morning. So bear with me, there's a couple of extra ideas I'm going to be sharing with you that you may not have heard or may not be so familiar with, that's okay. Alright, and we're here to encourage you, we're here to encourage you, uh, one another in the things of God, are we not? Yep, I think so. So, the reality is that the Bible is full of miracles, from Genesis to Revelation. And the simple reason is that God is all-powerful. he wants to be involved in our lives that's how important you are and that's what we learn as we begin to see the, the miracles of the Old Testament unraveled right through to the miracles of Jesus in fact even his birth right through the miracles that he performed was making a statement it was going somewhere. It was pointed to something. And so we're going to do that. And so I hope in his next few weeks, it's a short series, and we, we may look at some other add-ons in this, but it is basically to help you hunger and expect God in your season, to expect him to be amongst you. Now, we relate the word or we describe the word miracle to things that are just uh, sort of just ad hoc, you know, like I mentioned a few weeks ago, North Melbourne winning the grand final next year. Uh, Greg did a big loud yell, yell and laugh. Uh, you know, that would be a miracle, no doubt, a miracle. But what I want to talk about is the biblical miracles and just, again, lay it up for you just a little bit. What should our response be to miracles? Why is God asking us to believe in miracles? What is our response? What, what should we do? Is it... Is it just something happened for a season and and, and now we're just banging on about something that doesn't exist or is irrelevant? I don't think so. See, miracles as what happens when the supernatural gets involved with the natural. And you and I are called to live and do everything we can do and experience life in totality, in our own strength, in our own understanding. God said he wants to partner with us. He wants to be with us in this uh, place and in our journey. So, we talked about a lot of miracles in the Bible, but I want to just share a couple of thoughts with you from again Hebrews 2. I hope you just would read this again in your own time, but Hebrews chapter 2, uh, verses 1 to 4 says, Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by our Lord, and it was attested to those, or by those who heard it. Verse 4. Why God also... So God himself is in this, says also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So it really sets out that everything that happened, everything that we're reading in the Bible is to lead us and point us to Jesus. But not only that, it is to be people who keep believing, people who keep hoping out that this could be the day. And if it's not today, it will be tomorrow. God is asking us to be people of faith, to live by faith, to walk by faith, to see things that we can't see by faith. God is inviting us into this place. But often we come to our own limitations, our own hesitations. We say, well, I'll go so far and no further because this prayer has not been answered. This desire and longing of my heart is still there. And we become discouraged. We don't pray with the faith that we had the week before or the month before or even the year before. And we slowly in time drift away and our relationship with God becomes more distant. More distant. God did not move away. We moved away. We started to accept our situations as unchangeable. Who told us to do that? And so we read again, not to not to uh, to what's it say? Pay closer attention, do not drift away because God bore witness of his promise, of his presence by signs, wonders and various miracles so here's what we covered last week just very briefly, we covered that there are, in my understanding my experience is, three groups of people or reactions of people and one is the positive group we call them the hopeful group mind you, this group mostly relates to Christians just throw it out there the second group is the pessimistic group and they're what I call hapless. Have a look at that. And then there's a the third group of people who, it's pointless, why bother? Hopeless. So we have that. We looked at the three views concerning miracles. They do not exist. They did exist, but not for now. And they do exist for today. And then we looked at the three primary Greek words. So there's lots of threes here. i like to keep the threes running along as we can. Uh, three groups, No am joking. Three groups, uh, of words that describe miracles in the New Testament. Samanon, Teres, and Dunamis. And we'll probably talk a little bit more about that as we go. You've got to remember why we're reading this. The goal of reading Hebrews, particularly all scripture, is to prove our faith, that our faith is genuine, that there is a sense where it's expressed in action, and it is exposed to the redemptive work of Christ through faith. So God's intention is to be with us. We talked about what is a miracle. A miracle is a sign, an event, or signifies an act of God in history on our behalf, doing something we could not do ourselves. Better still, this is probably my preferred uh, way to describe miracles, is a special divine action. In other words, action of God, the activity God amongst us. Now I've seen miracles, I've received miracles, and I'm still believing for miracles. Now I not know, know where you're at. I don't know what experience and disappointment you carry. I don't know what hurt. I don't know uh, what fractures and harm that you feel right now because either you or a loved one has not maybe received that prayer or, or that answer to prayer. I want to ask you: Do not give up. This is—it's so easy to pull away and say, "Well, it didn't work for me," and many people fall away. Many people's faith, they, they're led astray because they feel that God should have answered this if He's a loving God. If he's, a, if he's the God that He says He is, He's a loving God. So, next week we're going to look at why miracles happen. Why miracles happen. I think you don't want to miss that. I think I'll just throw it out there. You don't want to miss that one. That's a biggie. Uh, I may not be here the week after, but anyway, it's a good one. <laughs> I was just joking, by the way. Uh, Okay, here are three common groups that we're dealing with when it comes to... I think it's on the screen as well. Three common groups of people you're going to meet in life. There are more, but three. Let's just break this up a little bit and get into it. Firstly, we're going to look at the the monotheistic groups. That's who we are. We're one of those groups. And I want to add, which allows for the possibility of miracles. So these groups believe in uh, one God... And let me describe one of the actual definitions here. These groups believe in one God, the one and only God, Islam, Jews and Christians. It is the belief in worship of one God. Monotheism is the belief that there is only one deity and all supreme being that is universally referred to as God. I want to note not necessarily the same God in the sense of these different groups of what they believe. Over half the world's population practices a monotheistic religion. The next group is atheists. If I met an atheist, I have many of them. I've met many monotheistic groups as well. Here. Okay, anyway, those who do not believe in God, they are unlikely to believe in miracles. It's those their position is that God does not exist. There is uh, no God, because there is insufficient evidence of God. And I would add this, and we're just skimming the surface, we're just providing the headlines here the title okay the headline to admit that there is a God means to admit to moral understanding responsibility and accountability of sin so if I don't acknowledge that God exists then I don't have to be subject to those principles I, don't have to, I can live outside of that world and I don't have to worry about what I do how I want to do things is the way I do it and there's no judgement there's no accountability I just choose what that looks like. I choose my own truth. My truth. I choose what my morality looks like. And if it hurts you, tough. Okay, we can go on. Anyway, And then there's the next group, agnostic. We're getting this to another, another season of uh, looking at world religions, but anyway, I'll touch on some of these. So the third group is the agnostics. They simply don't know if there is a God. They are not convinced thus far if miracles do occur. They just simply don't know. Those holding this position cannot know for sure if God exists. One premise is that we are incapable of providing sufficient grounds to justify believing in God. Now, each of these religions or religious beliefs, if you like, uh, have strengths and weaknesses, okay, more or less. And in this particular case, one of the weaknesses of agnosticism is that it maintains God's existence as unknown, but they're knowable. Isn't that interesting at the very end? Because I just don't know. Now, I haven't got time to speak into the things of uh, the beliefs like theism, that is, the, uh, uh, an idea that the same, uh, some God or divine existence of being uh, exists. Pantheism Parthe- is God is in awe, I call them the tree huggers, anyway we'll move on. Polytheism is many gods, in other words many beliefs about many gods. We have Hinduism, Confucianism, Taurism, and many many others and a lot of them take all little bits and make it their own little, little thing. So there's lots of strands to this. Dualism is another one that can, can be quite prevalent in Christian circles and shouldn't be and that is the belief that the devil and God are equal in power. And that's simply not true. So why do we believe in miracles? Because the Bible tells me to believe in miracles. And so the two overarching beliefs or descriptions that help us to believe and to see the miracle that we have not yet seen, maybe for us or our family members or for anybody here in our community or in our space, comes down to you and I understanding these two premises. Number one, and influenced by transcendence. In other words, what this means is that we believe that there is a God and the God created everything and God is big and all powerful, but now he's left us to our own devices. Here you are, I love you, here it is, off you go. we the best, buddy. And that's the extreme, but that's what many will tend to hold. What we don't want to do is, is be there alone. You know, in Isaiah 6, 1, it says, I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and his temple filled with his glory. So there's a sense where God is high up and exalted and lifted up. Absolutely. Absolutely. We believe that as Christians. But God goes even further. So while we serve a big God, we need to understand that transcendence can helps us to understand that God is above all other gods. He is the Elohim. But now we're going a little deep here. We're just laying it. So for some of you, this is not normal on a Sunday, but I want to lay it because once we get this, then we can understand why miracles, we should be seeing miracles, why we should be believing miracles. And sometimes the the blockage can be an idea or a thought that God is out there and he's not close. Or God is all-powerful, but he's also, also distant. And that will affect us if we're going to believe how do miracles happen. And so this is the theology almost, introduction to how we understand that. So imminence takes it to a whole new uh, realm. So you have a transcendence and now we're looking at imminence. And that means, sorry, a little bit of theology this morning, but just we'll get through it quickly. God's personal relatedness to an involvement in creation. It's, It's stating that he is not removed from the world, but actively engaged in everything that comes to pass. The rhythms of nature, the coming goings of people, and even the movements of history or acts of God who is present and dwells in those moments. Isaiah 57, 15. You can read this in your own time. Now, not to be confused, because my nose is blocked a little, I'm not going to say this right. Imminence, which is speaking of when Christ comes back. His imminence can come at any moment. Now, what I've linked here is though there's two I want to just focus on Emmanuel. The name itself describes that God is with us, or with us is God. And that itself describes that God is up close and personal. God wants to be involved in your life. He wants to know that you know everything about you, that he's invested, he's interested, he desires you, he loves you so much. This is what this says. He doesn't want us sick. He doesn't want us to, to, to suffer. Those things will happen, but that's not His will. And that's why Jesus came and died. That's why it says, by His stripes we are healed. God doesn't want that, but we have to battle through in our own thinking and our own judgment of, of reality. So God, Jesus, now takes on flesh and he becomes the fullest of meaning. God is with us. This is beautiful. I love it. So the thought continues with the promise of Isaiah. A child is born, a miracle of God, divine taking up a human form without sin so that each of us, Whoever we are and whoever's may find salvation in Jesus' name. That's what we believe. That's what God's heart is. That's what God wants to declare to us. So we have to understand this to move, move forward. So his name reveals who he is. He, what he is by name, he is by nature. Here are a couple of thoughts for you. The working in miracle, miracles reveals a number of things about God, the first thing is that the kingdom of God has arrived. Miracles reveal, through Jesus Christ particularly, that miracles validate the presence of God with power. Miracles have a way have always been evidenced of God on Earth. Miracles are to show another authority is present on the Earth. Jesus said in Luke 11:20, 20, But if I drive out demons by the finger, finger of God, then you must know that the kingdom of God has come upon you. His miracles were a sign. They indicated the permanent establishment of the kingdom of God here and now. The kingdom of God is an earthly manifestation of the supernatural. Miracles are the fruit and evidence of our position in the kingdom. Miracles validate his presence through power. So again, you gotta choose where you believe in all this space. A transcendent God that's out there is disconnected and somewhat interested but not able to do a real lot. But he's all powerful, by the way. Or we believe in an imminent God, the God who is with us, Emmanuel, dwelling with us. I love what happens in Acts 4. We read of Peter and John being released from prison and we see the church praying here. Note this now the Lord, this is their prayer, this is, as they all get together and they're praying because they've just been released, there's like faith is high, they're ready to pray and look at their prayer, now Lord consider their threats and because there's lots of opposition, of like people trying, the devil's trying to stop this, stop the church growing, stop the church getting out there and it was virtually impossible for him to do it but he would try, now Lord consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Did you notice what they didn't pray for? They didn't ask God to do all this. They didn't ask God, you just go out. They actually asked God, do it through us. Work through us. That we would be carriers and vessels of this miracle. This miraculous power. I love it. It's a powerful prayer. So as they get together, this is probably the second major prayer we see as believers are coming together from Pentecost to now and they're praying, God, make me, do it through me. Let me be the one to see this change happen. We could read so much more. Matthew 9, 2, Jesus told the paralytic, your sins are forgiven. Well, who can do that? Hey, only God, only God can do that. And that's why we look at miracles point to Christ's divinity. So they actually reveal the kingdom is here, but also his divinity. Jesus was different. And though he said we can go and do likewise and do miracles, there's still something very unique about Jesus. Jesus himself explains his own miracles are pointing to him being God, his divinity. In John ten thirty seven, if I'm not doing the works, if I'm not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. In other words, he's saying these works are good evidence that I am the Father, and the Father is in me. I am unique. I am the Son of God. That settles it. It's true. And he gave his disciples to go out, and all of us, in effect, to echo that understanding and truth that we can believe for miracles, and I've seen them. And I'm seeing them and you're seeing them. we have just got to open our eyes. Jesus often challenged the people to consider miracles as the evidence of his identity. When John asked his disciples, his disciples, to go talk to Jesus, John's feeling a bit discouraged. This is what Jesus says. Jesus doesn't say, well, people are getting saved and this is happening. Jesus says this, go tell John, you disciples, John, what you hear and what you see. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised and the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. Jesus said, believe on the miracles, John. You're in a bad situation. You don't understand and you're starting to doubt. But this is what I'm gonna tell you. Jesus didn't say, hey, everything's okay. Kingdoms moving forward. He gave specifics. He wanted John and everyone and us to read this to be encouraged that Christ's divinity is being revealed. And the last one his miracles are a special revelation that Christ is here. They all flow in together. In the Gospel of John, miracles are used to convince people that Jesus is God and that his promises are real. He wants his readers to know that Jesus is something special, And also something different. We read this last week. And I'd love you just to keep reading this. John 3.2. Nicodemus comes up to Jesus at night. And this is what he says to him. Rabbi. We know that you are a teacher of God. For no one can do these signs. Unless God was with him. Attributing not only divinity there. But Christ is here. That God himself. Elohim. Is here amongst us. I love what we read. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in the book but these are are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God and that by believing you may have life in his name. John 20. Here's the point. Do not rejoice, Jesus said, that you have all authority, that I've given it to you. You have all power over the enemy in my name. Jesus said, don't rejoice about that. Rather rejoice that your name is written in heaven or the book of life. How's that? Luke 10, 20. Rather rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. So friend, I'm going to ask you today to be a believer, to believe miracles exist, that miracles are possible because God is real and God is not out there, but he's here. He's here with us. And he promised a dwelling presence, a special presence, when we come together, when faith is, is stirred up in our, in our community of conversation and delight, when we come expecting God to do something, we see. The fact, the reality is that we have too many things that are stopping that from happening. We're too busy just living out of this space and limiting God that's easy to live there because we don't want to live with the disappointment maybe or possibly of God not answering our prayer but God says not to think on that but rather to keep believing to keep believing he said Jesus said to Nathaniel you're going to see greater things than this Nathaniel you're going to see amazing things so here's my thought Maybe you used to believe and maybe you grew up believing in miracles, but over the years you've just got distracted. You've seen too many people pass away, too many situations you just don't have answers for and you've been so discouraged you just wonder. You've even wondered if God's really the God of love that we all proclaim and believe when we see so much sickness and hurt and pain. Friend, don't give up. That was never God's plan. God's plan is fullness of health and life for you. And sometimes we have to fight for that in faith because we're fighting the flesh and the body and and the stench of this thing that wants its own way, that struggles to understand what's happening in the spiritual realm, in the supernatural. So the reason you think about it is why Jesus did lots of miracles is he knew that it would be the hook to get people. Think about it. He just could preach and he would have preached powerfully. But he said this these are the signs. He said, You need signs. We could generation six after signs, but he said, You need signs to know that I am God and God is here and God is for you. And that's what we need to be believing for. We need to keep believing. Until we believe and see that miracle, we keep believing. I said a couple of weeks ago, Who told you to stop praying? Who told you to stop giving up? I'm praying for things daily. I'm believing for, hoping for, knowing for, seeking for. I'm believing for it. And I'll love him. Whatever the answer is, I will love him nonetheless. Because his way is greater. His way is better. So I'm going to ask you this. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour today, if you do not believe that Jesus came and died for you, I'm going to ask you that you need to believe. You need to believe because you need to know the one ultimately, that you are going to be answerable to. The one that you have to give an answer to. It won't be me, it won't be family, it won't be colleagues and work friends and that. It'll be Jesus and him alone. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, friends. And so I'm asking you, if you're a believer for a long time, maybe rededicate your heart, rededicate your life. Come before God anew and say, God, do something in my life. I am here, not for me, but for you. Show yourself. Reveal yourself, lead me. Do what you need to do. Be God in my life. I dare you to pray that. I dare you. Come and tell me what happens. (laughs) Oh Lord. Is there anybody here? Could you just bow your heads please for a moment? Is there anybody here? If you don't know Jesus, you're not confident that you're saved, that you know Jesus? He's the miracle worker. Because the ultimate miracle is salvation. The ultimate miracle and act of God is where we are saved from our sins. And we couldn't do it, man couldn't do it, only God could do it. And that's the ultimate miracle. God active in history and even today in our lives. If you're here today, do not know that Jesus is your Lord and Saviour. You do not know that if you were to die today, I don't speak this over you, but you're hit by an Uber or a taxi or something as you're leaving. Where would you be? Where would you go? Let me pray for you. But first, if if that's you today, I would pray for you after the service as well. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I pray today that you would lead us to you. We need you. We need you so much. We need your help. We need your intervention. We need miracles. We need the gifts and the presence of God Almighty to be evident and to be flowing amongst us. Because sometimes we'll just rely on our own strength otherwise. But we need divine help. We need divine help for lots of things. And so I ask right now, Lord, if there's anybody here today who does not know Jesus, is not confident that Jesus is their saviour, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to their heart and they would speak to us, Father, in this service and even after the service. And Lord, I pray now for those who need a healing, for those who need a miracle, we're going to sing a song. And as we sing this song, I'm going to close the service, pretty much. Gabe might share a couple of things afterwards. But I'm going to invite you, if you need a miracle, if you need God to minister to you in a way that no one else can, if you are believing, I'm going to to have elders here and others, we're going to stand together with you, we're going to pray simply, not to force God's hand because we're not having to do that, We're simply going to pray and speak faith over you and we're going to join with you and pray that God will heal you and whatever that need is that you need, it happens and God begins to do that.